Hello and welcome to Local Matters. I'm your host, Buddy Pearson, and on this podcast, Education Matters. My guest this week is Eric Brown, former Putnam County School Board member who is now the Assistant Director for Tennessee Tech Cybersecurity Education Research and Outreach Center. Welcome to Local Matters, Eric. Well, thank you. Nice to be here. That's an awful long title you got there. Oh, no, it's better. Oh, what uh, what have you added to it? Oh, no, it's now Associate Director for Workforce Development. Oh, okay. In addition to, as well as? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what does all that mean? It means I run my mouth a lot, and hopefully there are some kids that listen to it that end up in jobs. And that not that what we want in that, our that colleges? At the end of the day, that, you know, I want, want somebody paying for my Social Security. So yes. there we go. <laughs> Cybersecurity. Uh, man, that has been a buzzword for the last decade that now encompasses so many things. What do you specifically concentrate on? You're implying I can concentrate. <laughs> um, so when we talk to kids about cyber, yeah. I always tell them that the the name cybersecurity is about a mile wide and an inch deep. Okay. It covers everything. It covers non-technical, uh, so business policy, that kind of stuff. It covers law enforcement, forensics. It covers the computer science-esque part of the world. It covers the electrical engineering. You know, it, so it goes from policy to building little blinky-doo bobbles and trying to figure out how to secure them. Uh, and then, you know, the CS part where I kind of live is somewhere in between that forensics part and going into the computer science, software development, that type part. So it spreads out like dinner on the ground. I yeah. mean, it's cybersecurity is now the sexy term. It you know, we, we've yes. done this for ages, yeah. but now we've got a cool term to go yeah. with it. Yeah. Well, and that's what you market to kids. I mean, yeah. to be able to come to college and learn about cybersecurity. And and it, and it does mean things for different people. And unfortunately, when we hear about cybersecurity right now, a lot of times it's offered as a negative because it's like, you've had a cybersecurity incident. Yeah. And it's always cast in the negative. And really, all it is, it's security in a particular area, in particular with digital assets. We don't think of a security guard at a bank as a negative but we've kind of got there with cyber because we're saying, oh, well, something bad had to happen. Well, no, we're just trying to make sure that bad stuff doesn't happen to the extent possible. Now, how long have you been at Tennessee Tech? In its in entirety, nearly 27 years. <laughs> in cybersecurity. Uh, in, in, in this recent gig since 2016. All right. Uh, and you have been uh, a big part of the CIROC or the – Cybersecurity Education Education. Research and Outreach Center. Yeah. That's why we call it CROC. That's more syllables (laughs) than a self-respecting computer scientist is going to use. Well, what type of educating do you do about cybersecurity? So CROC in general, I've always described it as our name is our mission. So it's Cybersecurity Education Research and Outreach. The, the, The words in the name mean things. Yeah. Um, In particular... You know, I guess the best way to describe us is a ho- holistically uh, is we're kind of a workforce development center that happens to do a whole lot of research. Hmm. We don't look like a research center. We don't look like a workforce development center. Nobody really knows what to do with us to put us in a category. So I just tell them we're a workforce development that does a lot of research. And for us, that means we work in all three of those mission areas, education, research, and outreach, you know, and particularly 
you know, in the education part of it, again, the mission is very broad. Uh, we could almost say we do K through 16. Okay. Um, in in a lot of our outreach efforts. Because you get into the schools. We I mean, do. You get in middle schools, you get in high schools. We spend a lot of time in K-12. Yeah. Because if I don't get those kids excited there, yeah, I'm not going to get them. Um, and you know, so like in the elementary schools, we'll do, uh, cyber safety, mm-hmm. those type of presentations, um, and, and talk about just, and, and cause kids, even the, the young ones now are very digitally active. I yeah. mean, they're very plugged in cyber savvy. They're dragging cell phones around and everything else at an age that just blows my mind. Yeah. Middle school, you know, you gamers are starting to show up, mm-hmm. uh, and even uh, whatever your uh, opinion of that is, social media active, that kind of gives me the willies. Uh, but they're, they're very plugged into the gaming consoles, stuff like that, which is another social media platform now. Right. Most games are plugged into some sort of chat feature, community feature. They're setting on Discord, doing, you know, while they're on the game, they're in Discord talking to folks. Um so they're very engaged, but, you know, we're talking about game safety, uh, cyberbullying, things like that. And then in high schools, we start transitioning, talking about careers in cyber and right. what they look like. You know, the fun thing we have, and I love doing this, I can't do it with the middle schoolers. They got too smart. I cannot <laughs> do this with them. But I love doing this with elementary school because I'll ask the question, and it goes back to talking about what cybersecurity is. Right. I said, what does a hacker look like? And I'll keep, you know, kind of waiting and dragging the answers out of them. And you'll get, oh, they're wearing the black hoodie. They got the red sunglasses on. They're hiding down in the basement with, you know, only the light of their screen showing on them, the two-liter Pepsi on the one side and everything covered (laughs) in a layer of Doritos cheese dust. You know, this is their image of a hacker. And it's like, okay, let me tell you what a hacker actually looks like. They look like the individual you saw wearing a business outfit, driving a nice car, driving into an office. Mm-hmm. And it's like cyber is not the 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 movie version of it. Yeah. It's um it's a little bit of everything. So we try to introduce that. We try to introduce careers in high school, career pathways and all the different career pathways. And then even in community colleges talking to two year students that may be saying, Okay, yeah, I did the two year thing. I could probably do the four year thing. All right. What would that look like? Mm-hmm. So we, we have conversations I, I, I mean, I've uh, actually presented at senior events. Really? Oh yeah. Senior citizens, oh man, they eat up the Facebook and you ought <laughs> yes. to hear the questions I have. You know, the amazing thing out of that group is they acknowledge the truth that even my generation uh uh acknowledges. The difference in my generation and those younger generations that are coming up, uh, they're documenting their stupidity on social media yes. where at least yes, we are. didn't document it. We did not it. do that. Thank goodness. And thank goodness we didn't document yes. our stupidity. <laughs> uh, you know, they're documenting it for, you know, all generations to see later on. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, that's one thing we do talk to kids about. What? What persona are you developing of yourself now? Because in addition to the professional, the the in-person engagements we have, we have a digital persona now. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes people create their digital persona very different from their personality. But kids don't necessarily realize 
that persona I'm creating Mm -hmm. now has a very real impact when I start looking for a job. Absolutely. Because when I apply for a job, first thing that's going to happen, well, what does their social profile look like? Yes. You know, if I want to become, say, the director of a daycare and the only thing that's on my Facebook is hold the baby in one arm and my Jack Daniels in the other one, that's (laughs) not going to go over well in a job interview. No, it's not. Right? Right. What's the persona we're creating of ourselves? Yeah. And that starts early now. It, it does. doesn't go it away. It really does. So you, talking with Eric Brown, uh, we're talking cybersecurity for Tennessee Tech. So do you get into the schools? Do you have a program to where you go and you're telling them that, telling students this, or do they come to Tech so that you can tell them that? So um, we kind of use the, if you're a, the older folks that are a New Heart fan, we use the Larry Daryl and Daryl method, anything. <laughs> no, um, except we don't get the buck, you know. Um, for real, what we end up doing is basically anywhere we can engage. So that might mean they come to Tech and see us, and then they visit with our students. They maybe participate in an exercise. Uh, we give them the tour of the center and all that other stuff. It might mean that we go into a classroom uh, at the invitation of a teacher and maybe we present to some individual classes that are STEM-focused classes that may have an interest in cyber. Uh, one of the fun things we're getting off the ground this year, and we're thrilled about this, so we've done a thing called Gen Cyber since 2016. Gen Cyber is traditionally a summer camp. Right. It focuses on a specific group of students. Yes. And it'll generally be in June or July. So we get one week, 40 hours, camp style, just intensive, doing cyber stuff, other events, fun stuff. Kids have a ball. We've done it since 2016 in one form or fashion. Sometimes teachers were involved. Sometimes counselors were involved. And we said, you know, we've done this a lot. We want to do something new. Okay. And so we went to the agency and said, we're getting ready to propose. This doesn't fit any of your models. So Gen Cyber is a yearly awarded event. You have to apply for a grant every year through right. the NSA. Yeah. It's a Department of Defense funded event. And they have types of programs you can apply for. And sure. I said, we want to do something that's not one of your program types. <laughs> and so basically what I'm going to submit, y'all can either – Fund, and we'll put your name on it. Right. Or don't fund it, and then I'll put my name on it. Yeah. And so I said, you're the difference between it being Tennessee Gen Cyber on wheels or tennis or C-Rock on wheels. You get to pick. Yeah. They decided to go with our harebrained scheme. They did. <laughs> and But what we're getting to do is we're taking what we've learned as a summer camp. Yeah. And we're putting it on the road. So we do it in one of two forms. So Tennessee Gen Cyber on Wheels is either our STEM mobile at Tennessee Tech. Mm-hmm. We'll drop it off at school, hang out three days, kind of like the P.T. Barnum Circus. Right. Uh, uh, we'll run kids through the STEM mobile. They'll do a cyber exercise while they're there. We'll do professional development with teachers, professional development with counselors. Uh, if parent groups will listen to us, we'll hang out, talk to them. We'll do like a three-day event. The other version is the library takeover version. So we go to the school. We say, librarian, you have three days off. We own this spot. (laughs) We're taking over. And we're taking over. And then we'll do the same thing, except we'll use a room in the the school so that we'll do the same thing. And and, And the thing is, how many kids can we get in front of just to do a basic introduction get some materials in front of them, get those teachers enabled. We even have professionals that are developing um, material packs Mm -hmm. 
that we're going to leave at the school, that it's not here's your cyber class because you should do a cyber class. It's here's a math lesson you can use in third grade that will have some cyber content. Here's a social science lesson. Right. And it's something that they can incorporate in. It's already made up. It's mapped to the standards. Perfect. It's just take it, use it, run with it. Any way that we can get an introduction to kids to cyber. Great. I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters with my guest, Eric Brown. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. This is Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson. We're talking with Eric Brown, who has a title so long, I'm going to let him say what it is. Associate Director for Workforce Development. Yeah, that... And then the if whole you want to go, yeah, if you want to go through yeah. the whole thing, Associate Director for Workforce Development, the Cybersecurity Education Research and Outreach Center yes. at Tennessee Tech University. I didn't want to rob you of that. And drive I in. want to make sure that we're going <laughs> to get all that in. <laughs> I need Talking. an oxygen tank. <laughs> <laughs> Talking cybersecurity and... Last segment, we were talking about how you're you're getting the information into the schools and how important that is. What some of the, I guess, some of the issues when it comes to cybersecurity are you seeing, let's say, elementary kids? Because we're talking about kids that are just now starting to get a cell phone. They're just now starting to to learn about technology. And, you know, if we're, if we're talking about, you know, say, fourth grade and under, what are some of the things that, that they might be facing from a cybersecurity standpoint? Honestly, with the younger kids, I mean, they're already on mom and dad's computer yeah. from a very young age. Um, a lot of it there is focusing on safety. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll put it in this context. When we were kids, yeah, right, we were told, don't take candy from strangers. Right. Don't get in a car with a stranger. Don't walk near a stranger. Don't talk to a stranger. Stranger danger, right? Yeah. We, we got that lecture. We know that lecture. Yeah. We taught that kid, the, our kids, that lecture. Yes. And then we turned around and put a device in front of them that is connected to the internet with every stranger in the world with games where they can offer them gifts if they'll give them information. Hmm. Yeah. Made perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did this. Yes, we and, did. and we thought that was smart. Yeah. But so for the little kids, what we have to really focus on is help them understand, yes, it's a computer, but it's real world now. Yeah. Uh, these people are bad are people real. out there. There are bad people that will have no problem trying to take advantage or find information. Yeah. Um, 
and to be real about that. It, it's it's another extension. The digital world is another extension of our physical world, and we have to train our kids to be aware of that just as much as they would be aware if they were walking on a sidewalk. Right. And I, that's kind of where we start with that simplistic look because, honestly, cyberbullying can start at an incredibly incredibly young age and you know we used to talk about it middle school high school i'm sorry it can start happening as early as elementary school and it's it's insane but we need to teach our kids to be aware they need to be aware of their own presence their digital presence and parents must be involved in that yeah the computer cannot you know it used to be the tv can't be the babysitter well you know the computer can't be either yeah or the gaming system or the gaming system which is just another specialized computer, cannot be either. Yeah. Um, you know, these kids that are getting involved in all these Discord servers that are supporting certain games or it's just a server of friends started up. If you're not careful, that language can get very destructive. Yeah. Um, I mean, I even had to deal with this with one of my kids when when he was younger. Uh, it was a game he was playing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and again, I do cyber, right? I've lectured these kids 12 ways to Sunday right. about cyber safety. We're sitting down to the table to eat supper, <clears throat> and my kid comes flying down the stairs. He runs to the table. He's shoving food right and left just like he's got a fire going on. Right. I said, what are you in such hurry? Well, I've got to get back to Sam. I'm doing my old catalog in my head. Who's Sam? Yeah. Uh, that's not a friend. To, who's Sam? I don't remember Sam. Yeah. Uh, it's a friend of mine on the on the game, and, and he, yeah. you know, no, wait a minute, who's Sam? Yeah. Some kid that I'm playing a game with, he's helping me mod my car. Hmm. How's he modding? Oh, he's giving me stuff. Mm-hmm. Is this the same stuff I bought a gift card for you for Christmas so you could buy stuff? Well, yeah. Uh, and then about this time, he's looking at me, he's like, oh. Yeah. The you light bulb know, goes it's off. like I want to go talk to Sam. Yeah, you know, and you get up there. I said, "Who is this, Sam?" Hello, yeah. you know. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. You're an eight year old kid. Yeah, I said, you're done. Right, you're out of this game. Yeah, we've got to make our kids aware of that there are people out there that unfortunately spend their time trying to coerce children that way. So it's not that the games are bad. It's not the environments are bad. It's training kids to be aware of the environment they're in. Our kids now are more digitally connected than in any other generation, which obviously makes sense. The toys weren't around. Every generation had their technology. Our generation thought we had been freed from the world when we got the cordless telephone, right? And we didn't have the same three, three foot ring around the, 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 the telephone wire. Um, It's just teaching responsibility and you've got to start it early because if you don't, install that sense of awareness and sensibility and caution early, Mm -hmm. it can lead to bad behaviors later that can cause them problems later on. All right. So let's, let's go up to the middle school level because now you've got kids that are, that are extremely smart. They've, they've been around technology for a long time. Uh, You know, when I was working with youth at the church, one kid said, Hey, he was seventh grade. I'm going to make a computer this weekend. You know what I mean? I mean, you can get on, he can do all these things. And so now you have an elevated uh, group of kids where their knowledge is incredible when it comes to technology, but they're still adolescents. They're mm-hmm. still, you know, uh, 12, 13, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And so 
what do you do now with middle schoolers? Because you know you've got the kids at elementary where you're trying to, you know, tell them about the bad stranger. But now you've got kind of an advanced group at the middle school age. What do you do there? You know, and and again, this is where those difficult conversations with your kids that would have happened later in life now start happening a lot earlier mm-hmm. because this digital age is bringing all the world, yeah. the good and the bad, wow. closer to your kids at a younger age. It is about accountability. It is about awareness. It's about ethical use mm-hmm. uh, and, and appropriate use. And also, as a parent, which is hard, I mean, I've got three boys. I've raised three three boys. Making sure that your kids know it's safe to come to you when something alarmed them online. Yeah. And not making it a secret, not making it something to be ashamed of. But if something alarming came up, leave that communication channel open so I can keep, look, this is a bad behavior. I'm sorry you saw this, but understand there are some people that have bad behaviors. This is not you. This is not something you need to be a part of. Mm -hmm. This is a direction you need to go and start teaching the common sense early because part of the allure of the stranger parts of the internet is the fantasy part fantasy without responsibility leads to adverse behaviors right so start setting norms for your child early so they're ready for that and then you're also going to take the reasonable steps you're going to do the software to to you know deal with malware stuff like that other software that may have parental controls to try to keep part of that content away Mm -hmm. uh and if there is an incident have an open non-accusing conversation with your child about why this is not acceptable behavior why this content you're sorry they saw it but this is not content you need to be a part of yeah good information coming from eric brown uh talking about cybersecurity for our students especially our elementary and our middle school students, and we'll definitely talk more about that. I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters with Eric Brown. And this is Local Matters with a focus on education. Eric Brown, the Assistant Director for Tennessee Tech Cybersecurity Education Research Outreach Center, is my guest. I'm Buddy Pearson, and he has more on his title. But what I want to talk to you now is not so much about cybersecurity, but about your personal life. Let's Uh get personal with Eric Brown. Uh How about that? Uh Let's talk about your education background, because you've come into this cybersecurity stuff in 2016 but before that an educator in in putnam county i believe i think i got bag boy of the month it okay. was great i didn't smash the bread that no, was wait, awesome oh I, yeah uh, that, you were on the putnam county school board i've had the craziest career path yeah uh this, this is not by the way anything i say this is not the career path that you follow <laughs> um but short version uh, I, I did my bachelor's at tech mm-hmm. Uh, in computer science. Right. Uh, so then I go out to meet the world, uh, did some programming for about a year and a half and thought, okay, if this is all I'm going to do with my life, I need to find something else to do. Right. Um, and then ended up going back to tech as an employee in 94. I'm older and dirt. Um, and working for the computer science department. Okay. So I've been in and around education setups on the technology side and things like that for years. So, you know, that was back when cybersecurity was called hardening the server. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, we made sure. Computer science. Know, I can yes. remember back in the day watching um, uh, uh, the, the logs where the Russians were doing dictionary yeah. <laughs> attacks against our servers. It was hilarious. So went through that research setups, classroom setups. Mm-hmm. 
uh, a variety of things. We kind of ran a mini data center back in those days. So I was in IT for a lot, a lot, a lot of years. Uh, and well, worked for Avert Express here in their IT group oh, wow. when I was in school. That yeah. was my that was my college job. Yeah. But um, so I kind of went through that. I got my master's while I was hanging out doing my IT job at Tech. So when the master's program came online, I was in the master's program, finished my master's degree in computer science. I uh, continued to teach, but at that time I've taught in a classroom since 95 in higher ed, mm-hmm. uh, varying levels as an adjunct. You know, I'm probably the longest standing adjunct ever because I taught for like 26 <laughs> years as an adjunct, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But what was weird is I had a break in my career at Tech, and it was the strangest event. So uh, the short version of this story is I had some folks approach me um, in – Oh, good grief! Two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and some folks, uh, uh, some folks approached me and said, "Hey, you need to run for school board." And I said, "Hey, <laughs> you've been drinking," <laughs> and said, "No, you've got a you've got a young one that's about to go into kindergarten. I'm serious. You need yeah. to get, run for school board." And I said, "No, I'm serious. You need AA. <laughs> you've been drinking." And eventually, they kind of kept working on me, yeah. and then I ended up one night. So this was back before. My current marriage, uh, uh, my first wife had passed away. It was me and my my one kid at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with, you know, the stuff that comes out of kids' mouths. But anyway, he looked at me. I was doing something. He says, what's wrong with you? I said, nothing. He said, no, something's wrong with you. I said, I, somebody's been asking me about running for school board stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, it's nothing. And then he looked at me. He said, does that mean you would be taking care of me? And it's like, <laughs> Well, crap. You know, that now I'm locked yeah, in, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I get it. And then so I ran for school board in 2008, one school board in 2008, did my first round with that, learned a great deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was amazing what I learned, surrounded by some great people, great educators that had taught what, me. What in. district did you represent? Uh, the Baxter area. So mm-hmm. I had everything uh, basically from uh, um, uh, Prosperity Point all the way to the western end of the county. It was the largest geographic region, but not necessarily the largest population, population region. Yes. But um, So I had the Baxter District, and uh, like I said, amazing opportunity to grow, learn, uh, got to get to meet some amazing, amazing educators that taught me so much about K-12. Mm-hmm. And then while I was on the school board, an opportunity came along and I found myself working for the State Department of Education, <laughs> working for the CIO's office uh-huh. as a, a, a district uh, advocate, basically, technology ad- advocate. So I was working with the technology coordinators. There you go. Uh, so that was another part of my life of looking at technology in K-12 yeah. and how that would work out, working with tech directors and, and folks and assessments part of the time and all that other stuff. And it was why I was so weird, and I said, never follow my career path. Uh, I was a school board member, and I think the only one in the history of the state of Tennessee that was a school board member working for the State Department. I was specifically hired for that because they wanted somebody that could communicate with school boards. There you go. And so, you know, there was always this running joke that school boards hated the State Department, State Department hated school School boards. boards. And I said, I had the ability to be (laughs) self-loathing for three years. But, you know, while I was there, I got to see education at the state level. I got to see, you know, things done well, things not done so well. Sure. Um, And I learned a lot about 
the practicality of what are we doing for our kids to get them ready for this new age they're going to be coming into. And as fast as things would come along, how do you help education not only be ready infrastructure wise, but also introducing that into the classroom, Mm -hmm. which was my fascination as much as the infrastructure. I was an old infrastructure guy. You know, I'll look at the routers and all that stuff all day long. How do you get that usable, tangible, effective in the classroom right. how do you get in the hands of the kids so question. they're doing something yeah cool? that's great and and you know at the time that that was the first time that the big conversation of what are we going to do about cell phones in the classroom this will be terrible yeah and then we turned around and started using them in the classroom because there are so many tools that were immediately available that i could use as part of the classroom and now we go back to having the conversation again yes they're not great oh we can't do this in the classroom we need to put them in a pouch right and hide them well, wait a minute, we just said they were educationally useful. Which one is it? You know, so I've always been an advocate, probably an early advocate for technology in the classroom more so than some people would be. And, you know, beyond the whole mobile cell phone thing, we've now got generative AI that we're going to have to deal with, and we're going to have to deal with it in K-12 and not just say, oh, that's the evil AI. No, it's just another tool that's out there. Well, how does that – okay, I'm glad you bring that up because – how does AI and cybersecurity, where, where do they collide? Where, where is the problem there uh, that if I'm anti-AI and I say, oh, you know, I'm screaming cybersecurity from the rooftop, uh, do I have a legitimate beef? So here's the problem, and it's the same problem. I could have had this exact same conversation with you in 2013 when I first started the State Department of Education yeah. on another topic. Okay. Okay. It's the same principle. The reality is the technology is here. It is developing. It is developing fast. Yeah, it is. I can either train to responsible use or I can ignore and allow irresponsible growth and deal with the consequences of irresponsible growth. Mm. And it's true for the the cell phone, the AI, the mm-hmm. whatever we want to come up with. When we get the quantum calculators in 20 years, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> That's right, because uh, the calculator was looked as the same thing. Oh, it's calculator is evil. Nobody yeah. was ever going to learn math. That's what I was told. Yeah. If you touch a calculator, you get dumber every time you hit a button. <laughs> now, what what does everybody do? Yeah. Well, I need my Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. How do you expect me to do my job without my Excel spreadsheet? And these were the same people that calculators were evil. Yeah, We've got to teach responsible use of whatever the technology is. Mm. Pretending that if we don't deal with it in the schools, that they're not going to see it at home is unrealistic. You know, we've got, and and this is another pet peeve, and for all the technology directors are going to be listing, they're going to be sending me hate mail over this, but that's okay. Here's the other deal. How many schools block Discord as a cybersecurity threat? Right. Yet these same kids go home and probably are on three or four servers. Yeah. We're working on a project right now with the University of South Florida called the 502 Project, which is a large moderated Discord server with bots that are developed in it to do cyber challenges, uh, opportunities for mentors to be involved and mentor kids that are involved in this server, job ideas. It's a great platform. Mm -hmm. The kids can only use it when they're at home because it's blocked from entering the schools. Wow. Because it's a security threat. Yeah. (laughs) But we still let Google through. Yeah. But the the thing I would also say is responsible use. Uh, What? Five years ago, uh, academics was going to go to pot because everybody Googled everything, right? right? That was a verb. Google hated that, by the way. They hated being a verb. Uh, But Google, uh, I'm going to Google it. 
Well, what a lot of people don't realize now that Googling is okay. Right. Or look it up on YouTube. Or look it up on YouTube. Yeah. But AI is evil. Within a year, most of the search engines, if not before a year, some of them already have it already, will have generative AI baked into the search engines. So whether you want to be using AI or not, you're going to be using AI. Wow. Uh, for the folks that are AI is evil, those that are going right now on Amazon to do their Christmas shopping, and they're going down and reading the summary of the uh, uh, reviews mm-hmm. from other people, that's AI generated. You're using it already. Yeah. So why not own the conversation, have a responsible conversation, set expectations around it, and use it wisely and you know, I've got a dual enrollment course I'm teaching right now, which is something we can talk about later. Uh, uh, but in my dual enrollment course with my high school kids, mm-hmm. part of the questions they get, they have to do it at home because I think it's blocked. Yeah. Uh, but part of my kids go home. I tell them, develop a prompt to generate such and such. So, for instance, one of the things I did, I said, okay, generate a prompt using the American Bill of Rights as a basis and create a digital Bill of Rights use generative AI to create it. And there's a prompt you can do that will give you that. And it will generate a digital bill of rights that, that reflects the structure of the bill of rights, but using current cybersecurity concepts. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's a great conversation because I can have a challenging conversation. And you know, and we could have uh, lots more conversations about all the stuff. Like our conversation today has been, like cybersecurity, a mile wide and a foot deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. But unfortunately, our time has come to an end. So, Eric Brown, uh, thank you so much for enlightening us about cybersecurity. And and that AI conversation is not going to go away. It is going to be there for a long time. Absolutely. And uh, thank you. Uh, appreciate what you do and, and what you bring to our schools from uh, an information about cybersecurity and how you try and help our teachers and how you help the students be aware of what's out there. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's all the time we have for this week on Local Matters. I'd like to thank Eric Brown for being our guest. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week and God bless.